What's up, everybody? Welcome to the third episode of Street Eats and Dope Beats, where we try to tie together today's DIY music industry with the long-standing street food hustles. So my name is J.M. Cam, and I'm here with my super dope co-host, Chef Adam. What up? We got special guests in the building. Who we got? Mr. DJ Mike Rock. What a dope, baby, bro. <laughs> What's up, man? What's up, guys? How you guys doing? Thank you guys for having me, man. I appreciate it. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for coming on. Appreciate yeah. you making the track to the secret location. It's not that far. The back cave. <laughs> Yo, real quick, just to remind you guys, this podcast is produced by us here at Productive Culture, where we do full service audio production, mixing, mastering, anything you need. We got you. Um, so yeah, this is it. This is episode three. Let's get it. Green faces, I'm still chasing. Shoes fit now, I'm soul searching. A damn thing for the grand scheme. Reason why I've been so determined. Bringing rap and hip hop together through words that spit be my sole purpose. All right, we're back. What's up, everybody? So, today we have the man that kind of linked me and JMKM together, our homies from Grub Life together. Big Mike, what it do, brother? What's How's up, everything? man? How's everything? Everything's well, man. Thank you for once again for having me. Uh, freaking excited to 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 do this with y'all. So I'm stoked, yeah, big time, big time. So with you know with this episode, you know we're gonna get into a little bit more of a of the music tip today. And um, Mike, Mike is a an accomplished DJ, and he also has a um, a pop up poke party. If y'all have not partaken in his poke. Do yourself a favor when he has a pop-up, get at him. It's fire. So um, with that said, so tell us a little bit about your your journey through this music. Uh, through music, um, that, that started when I was at least three or four years old. Uh, had uh, Michael Jackson uh, bed on vinyl nice. as a gift. Yes. And so that's something that I'll always remain and forever will remain in my memory. Yeah. So that's like, obviously like, I've been into music since then. Um, I didn't get to start DJing until maybe, I want to say 2001, 2002, give or take. Uh, I, I started sessioning with my homies. And, um, and from there, just did little like house parties here and there. And then it turned into to gigs at like clubs, bars, lounges, quinceañeras, debuts. <laughs> Whatever, nice. a little bit of everything. Wherever you know, the funk is needed, you. Bring I'm it. always like stunned. Like, like they'll ask me to DJ a debut. I mean, uh, a quince. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know a lot of this. You got the funk, bro. You got it. I, you know, just because like I grew up in Omani, everybody thinks like, oh, you know, dog, you know what to play. You don't know the playlists. A good majority of it. I, I mean, I could figure it out. But <laughs> that's about it. it. Yeah. It's a different. It's a different BPM. So. Yeah, it's, it's different. But it's you know, there's always for some reason there's always one that that one Thea that always requests a uh, scandalo. Man, that's a classic. I know, but see, that's that's the thing though. Like, I, I don't feel right playing that at a quince, like in my mind because oh. it's like because hey, it's just like because the song is because the song is scandalous. That's the name of this, right? Bro, Thea's are scandalous. Bro. <laughs> Are you this. kidding me, bro? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Are All right, I'm gonna let that slide. But you know, at the end of the night, you still gotta end it with like. Can't say though. You gotta end it with like volver, volver. There's alcohol. Diaz are scandalous. Oh, <laughs> damn. I'm gonna leave it at that. Is that me? My bad. Ah, oh, dude, I'm I'm the worst. No, you're good, bro. I'm the worst guest. But you know, now that we've been friends for a minute and seeing you do your thing, both you know on the food tip 
and on the music tip, um, you come off to me as a very versatile DJ. And, you know, like you like we're talking about the quinceaneras and then your residencies at certain, you know, nights at these clubs. I mean, you, you know, you you're out there doing doing a little bit of everything where, you know, I know and I hear sometimes some DJs are like, nah, we don't do that. Nah, you know, right. we don't do that. And, you know. I mean, you got to go where the where the money goes. Right. Same thing with food. Yeah. You so know? you got to go where the money goes. But I mean, at the same time, I, I personally made an effort to to learn these kind of songs you know like yeah. I don't want to just play anything like Spanish and be like yo we don't play any of that Norteño shit you know I've had that or yo that Salvadorian bro can't be playing that you know yeah. I've, oh, damn, I've, really? I've had that situation before and it's not a good looking situation because yeah. you got a whole bunch of like deals and and a whole bunch of dudes like looking at you like what the fuck is this fool playing <laughs> <laughs> you played the wrong yeah you played the wrong you know like like play some cumbias, okay? It's cumbia de whatever, and then you play it, and you're like, "Nah, man, that ain't eat chief." You that's know, that's not it. That's not <laughs> it, man. You hit the wrong YouTube playlist. Yeah, so that's how it, that's how it works. But I mean, overall, like I I really try to like invest my time into trying to figure out you know what's good and what's like not knowing good. your knowing your client, knowing your you your just have to know people. Yeah, you just have to know like who you're gonna be playing for and and catering to that because that's the reason why they hired you in the first yeah. place. Yeah. What's your favorite like style to play though? Uh, it's easily gonna be uh, hip hop, R and B. Yeah. Uh, anything from like the '90s, obviously. That's, that's something I always grew up on. Yeah. Uh, late late '80s. I mean, I'll talk like that. I say that all the time because, like, you know, I guess I'm an old head in a sense. I'm like in the cusp and the in betweens of like, oh, what you know about that key sweat? Or people come up to me, what do you know about the Isley Brothers and and things like that? But like a lot, yeah, I'm all pretty well versed, <laughs> you know. But you know, overall through time, you you know you you just learn to develop, uh, like listening to to what's good for you, like what's good and what people want to hear. I mean, you'll get the typical, you know, top forty that you hear on Power One Hundred Six. Uh, and, and all that stuff but everybody else wants to there's always some dude that would want to hear the like an underground cut and be like feel the room bro like you know, <laughs> like I would love to play Wu-Tang for you right now but it's not happen, it's not gonna happen you're anytime like, that's, that's not this it's is a little not bit too deep for them the right now. like yo can you play yeah. Troublesome 96 by Tupac <laughs> right you know. at the Quinte yeah <laughs> you'd be like nah, da, da, that's da. funny that's no, nah, that's dope man so yeah, we were talking about a little bit before, like off off air, mm-hmm. but we were talking about like how we all got connected. Yeah, do we, yeah. Where did how did? So I met you so at it? DJ Hangouts. That's right. Probably. I met you at DJ Hangouts. Shout out DJ is Lord. He's like, yo, my guy got the plug on Poke. Yeah, and I was like, word. I think yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how we uh, initially connected. So how I connected with uh, Chef Adam over here with East Los Masubi. Uh, they did a pop-up at a uh, skate shop in Alhambra and I pulled up and we we pulled up and we were like, yo, this stuff is good. This is bomb. And, <laughs> who are and just the whole, <laughs> who are these guys and how do they know how to make this? And I mean, uh, typically like, uh, you know, you don't want to undercut it, but it's like, um, it's nori, rice and spam. And that's some most, a good majority of that stuff is is what I grew up on. You know, as right, a kid, right? Um, 
But, you know, you've been to places like L&L Hawaiian Barbecue or Ono Hawaiian and you're like, mm, how long has this been sitting here? <laughs> <laughs> Something about the way they cook the Spam. Just yeah, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't taste right. It's like a, I've it's had like, like after, bad aftertaste. I'm like, that's not it. And, and then you go to Hawaii and then you go to 7-Eleven. You're like, man, this is the fucking best, dude. Yeah, like, dude. this is it. Like. Grab a grab a beer and then you just walk into to the beach and just chilling and hanging out and Musu's on deck. Yeah. So that's so initially like when I met Adam, I introduced myself. I'm all like, yo, I do this uh, pop up called Poke Party. Um, and he's all like, oh really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just like that too. Totally, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. You know. You know. I, I, I mean, you know you. I guess you know when you when you're approached to to a lot of people all the time, people will be like, oh, "Okay, that's cool, whatever." But so I invited him, or I made some poke for him. He's all like, "Hey, Reen, I think this is it, man." <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's that was it right there. Yeah. So uh, after that, we connected and we talked and chopped it up about food for for a while, and then. Um, um, Marvin came into the picture. <laughs> yeah, we. I think with that, I, we went to your um, one of your pop ups on in, in, in Pomona, and then Marv comes, and that's right. And I'm like, we're talking, everybody's chopping it up, and then this dude comes, and he just starts talking smack. Wait, us. What pop up was it, uh, dude? I'm was trying that, to Was that the clothing shop? It might have been. It might have been at a at acrylic. I was yeah. there in Pomona. Was yeah, you were there too. Yeah, but I didn't know you guys yet. Yeah, because he, he, he was hosting a producer showcase, probably like two buildings next door. That's crazy. Yeah. And See? Uh, it, it he popped destiny. in for a little bit. He's all like, all right, cool. That's what's up. And then he started introducing me to some of his homies and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I was just like, and then I see like all these people. I'm like, this is what it's like when worlds collide right here. And then <laughs> everybody's like coming together. I'm all like, it's it's happening. Yeah. It, was, and it, yeah. it just... I think the, the reason why I wanted, I was like, dude, this is a right fit because I felt like everybody has these these like minds of, of we just want to feed people. Yeah. We love what we do. Uh, we serve the food that we like and, and yeah. we want people to enjoy it too. And that's primarily basically it. And that's, that's how that union of Grub Life, East Los Masubi, Productive Culture, Poke Party, and all of that just... Yeah, it felt like everything just yeah, everything just like fell yeah. into place. And then yeah. we did uh I think after we met Marvin them, I was like, eh, you know, let's do something and I'll sponsor you. I like to call it the uh, Avengers initiative. Mar- Mar- you know? Marv's off the hook. So then um then we were asked by by uh Lord to do DJ Hangouts. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then I think from DJ Hangouts we met. I met. Jam Cam, yes. and then from there we did Ripple Effect, yeah, and then um, and then Grub Life. You know, we just been down with our partners and did. You know, we've been doing pop ups with them. You know, soon after that, and uh, you know, the rest is like history now. It's been what a few years. Yeah, it's been at least two. So I want to say two years. Yeah. Well, so there's I was, here's something I wanted to ask you. See, so you guys remember because actually I had met up with you guys and I booked you guys. For the ripple effect, and then Lord was like, "Yo, can I have them come to DJ Hangouts?" Because oh, that's we right. connected. That's right. That's right. So we connected because I w- I'd been kind of you know kicking it with Mike, and uh, Mike knew the backstory and how like 
I had a homie that we were going to start this thing called Musubi Squad. Okay. Um, and we were just kind of doing research and I was like, I was like, yo, whatever you need, Mike, I'll come to your house. I'll cut onions. Like, I want to help. And so yeah. I was at your house in the morning helping out. And um, so eager, this guy. He was like, yeah, I just, it's, I, I live around the corner. So yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, then I was like, then he's like, yo, I got a homie, Adam. He does a Musubi thing. I was like, where? I got to check him out. And then I remember posting, because there was this argue, there's this thing about like Big Island style Musubi that it's rice, spam, okay. rice. And then like Oahu style is rice, spam. spam. So it. I made a post that was like, what do you prefer? Yeah. And I had a picture of uh, rice, spam, rice, and a picture of rice, spam. And I'm I posted it. I think I'm remembering. And then that. everybody, now it's coming back it's coming to you. Coming back to me. And then everybody's <laughs> commenting. It was a heated debate. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't really heated. It was pretty one sided. Um, <laughs> But then in the middle, this guy comments that I'm not even friends with because this guy <laughs> tags Adam Martinez. This guy comments with the emoji. What, do, do, do the emoji that you do. What's the face? Yeah, that, he just, that's all he commented. And I, <laughs> but knowing you guys know how I am now, I'm, I'm just gonna be like, where? Then I hit him up. Yo, what's up, dude? I'm, I'm Jordan. Like, I heard you do Musa B. And you, I, I just imagine you're, you're probably like, who the, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> this guy messaging me just the same way I messaged you. Yo, man, I heard you do poke. Where do you get your fish from? You're probably like, dude, who are you? <laughs> but I'm real, as you guys know. So that's, and then, <laughs> and then we connected on, on uh, booking for the ripple effects and we met up yeah. at a, Ten rands, ten rand. chopped it up, and then kind of vibed it out. That's right. Guys. So yeah, it was it was the other way around. You yeah, just first, and then we did. I, I forgot about that until I was thinking about that <laughs> that post. And I just remember the That's super my, uh, my emoji, a super Adam of you uh, to just come into the comments. What a dick! <laughs> like who is this guy? I'm gonna comment on his stuff. I don't even know him because you because because I learned not only is it it's a different uh, one people from people from. Oh, I have an unhealthy relationship with rice. So their rice to spam ratio is unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't do... Can you explain that ratio? It's a lot. If you go to like Island Flavor in Vegas, if right. you go to uh, like 7-Eleven in Hawaii, the musubis are huge. Yeah. Like but the amount of rice that we normally put for a regular musubi, it's two of that. Yeah. You would think it's a little bit of rice and a little bit of rice. No, it's double. It's a lot of rice. Right. Um... I would say like a good size musubi is maybe like the thickness of like two decks of cards, maybe just like a four decker, you know? Oh yeah, it's, it's, yeah. And so when I made that post, the majority of people responding were from the Big Island and they're like, the only way to have it is with rice, it's spam in the middle. Like, but then I learned like the efficiency of after helping out and working on the line with East Los Musubi that like, if you're trying to bang out a hundred rice blocks, it's way easier and it's faster. So I do it that way now. Like, yeah. Even and that, yeah, and and that that whole style came from from Doreen's family. Yeah, you know? and because yeah. her family's from Oahu. And then and then the rate, but see again, then again, the ratio too came from me because like I wanted it to be proportionate. Yeah, right. You know, so it was like almost like almost the same thickness as yeah. of the spam and it's all that like other stuff. In like it's if this makes sense. Back home, the rice is the star. It's like in sushi. Yeah. And over here, the spam because of the flavor profile. It's like you need to hit that first. So I just specifically remember that that was the post <laughs> that I made. Not even trying. I was I wasn't even trying to shade at the at the time. Yeah. Like which one is better? I want to look that up now. And uh, just no, review no, the comments. Just review the comments. <laughs> yeah. And see the landslide. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I just wanted to to, to bring that's, it back. That's to that funny, again. bro. That you brought that. That's funny that you brought that up. But um, I, re I remember everything. That right there was uh, kind of in a nutshell. Oh. We all linked up and 
And now, you know, we're on to do dope stuff. And hopefully you'll, you'll see a East Coast yeah. Musubi Poke Party collab sometime soon. Uh, <clears throat> Michael. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, definitely, definitely. That's how, that's how it all went down. So let's get back to... Um, because it's a music talk? Music talk. Music talk. And then we'll right. get back into some food talk later. Yeah, because yeah. I, I want to know a little bit more about like the Poke Party and just how... How'd you get to be so good, man? But as far, yeah, because I remember seeing you DJing as well because we were both connected through like Void Shift as well. Yeah, through, had, just through music. Yeah, I had general. met Wave Groove, Nick Piccoli, and then I'd probably seen you. I'd seen you, seen him around. I remember yeah. being at like Delicious Vinyl one time and seeing this random dude walk up to Nick Piccoli with a bowl of poke on the side of the street with chopsticks. And it was like, have you guys been to like a Delicious Vinyl? Yeah, also Adams. Well, obviously you were there, but it's like <laughs> that's what I said. It's, yeah, it's like this pizza spot. Sorry, dumb question. Yeah, there's this pizza spot, and there's like a little radio station next door. So one of the homies was like DJing, and then I saw this guy just walk up, not with like a bowl, but a proper foodland takeout style of poke with chopstick. Got to do it right, man. And I was like, where did you get that from? And I didn't even like go up to you that's probably like a year before we met that's I remember, wild yeah I'm a, that's jordan's like around. a ninja bro. Yeah. and i was just like yo this guy's got a poke and then uh so yeah and i started <laughs> seeing you on a dj events through dj hangout so yeah like what um on some music stuff i think one one topic that i hear a lot amongst all the dj homies mm-hmm. is like respect the dj and i feel like it's a good stamp it's kind of like pay the producer um definitely and i feel like right now there's like a big light on like on like the producers and the engineers and like a couple years ago like the, like the dj started really like you know becoming the main guys as well like there's a time where like coachella was like headlined by rock bands now it's headlined by hip-hop artists and djs, DJs. like like how do you feel about where dj djing as a culture is now and where where do you see it going like in the next five years uh from here i mean so i grew up in kind of like the old school where uh like maybe like 97, 98, that's when I first started watching like DMC like videos where like a whole bunch of DJs would mm. uh, actually show their show off their skill and their actual talent where they're they're manipulating the record basically by doing like beat juggles and and juggling like hi-hats and, and snares and, and stuff like that or the bass and just doing stuff with like wordplay and stuff like that. So there was a lot of creativity that that took place within that um now it's it's easy to say that like everything's like it's as easy as pushing a button yeah you know and it's not not necessarily bad it's right. it's just it's more so of getting to know and getting familiar with uh like your music and the equipment that you use mm-hmm. you know i i want to like i want to emphasize that like so like for example like I want to say some old heads, they want to say, like, I'll never touch a controller ever in my life. Uh, it's always turntables. But for me personally, like, I don't want to bring turntables and a mixer and a whole bunch of speakers and hurt my back anymore when I could bring a controller that kind of like does the same thing. Right. Um, You're more efficient. Yeah. So it's like the efficiency, saving my back, saving uh saving time like setting up it's pretty much like the dj gets there before the party and then the dj's there after the party because he has to clean up right and pack up his, his own stuff if if he has to like you know do like a house party or whatever like yeah. people don't really 
stick around to like say like yo you need help all the time you know like what what can you do you know you you always have to prepare that like and think that like the homies aren't always going to help you out sometimes right, you right. know because they probably met a girl or you know <laughs> right. I, I can't yo, hate on that you right. know yo i gotta work tomorrow morning yeah <laughs> that's the best that's the most common yo i gotta work tomorrow morning yeah and then so you like, good you need help <laughs> yeah good. Like, actually, you good you good i, I do right. need help <laughs> sometimes that's how it goes too you know and then so for the new school like the newer djs it's it's a lot easier it's a lot easier for them to obtain a controller because one is cost efficient you don't have to buy two two turntables that are maybe like five six hundred bucks each when you could get a controller for maybe at the cheapest like 200 bucks 100 bucks you know so based on that they'd be like oh that's easy i could do that because it's it's become so accessible to 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 the youth and 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 younger people they feel that they can just easily just jump right into it and just download like a whole bunch of music but and like like for example they'll download like the top 40 of like whatever hip hop tracks are or whatever top EDM songs are and with that they'll they'll take that with them and think that they're able to rock a party automatically right you know and it doesn't doesn't necessarily translate that way it doesn't always work that way all the time you know and and that's why a lot of the older DJs that that work at clubs and bars and lounges they get undercut because of the fact that the DJ the younger DJ will be like yo I could I could turn this party out all you got to do is just pay me like 50 bucks and a whole bunch of drink tickets and get my homies in yeah so yeah. the the club promoter or the bar owner or whatever the manager will would easily take that offer because yeah. of the simple fact that you save you money I don't have to pay you I don't have to pay this DJ like $500 for, at the end of the night yeah, you know crazy. so it's just it's just that balance and, and the equilibrium of like people. I, I just want like the older DJs to get familiar with the newest technology, even though they probably choose not to, and that's okay. You don't have to. Um, and I think I want, I would want the the newer generation of DJs to get familiar with like all kinds of equipment, not just their controller, because they'll bring their controller and put it on top of the turntable or the CDJ and be like. Yo, how do I plug this in? I'm like, excuse me, you. This is your equipment. I would prefer that you know how I to have an aux. Yeah, like I would prefer that you know how to use your equipment in and out. You know, that's. I think that's the most like, like important res- thing. Respecting the game. Yeah. You know, simple, simple as that. So, like for example, if you wanted to translate that into the kitchen, you know, it's it's like knife skills. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it shows that you have uh, the, your your knife skills are on point whether you know your your onions look all uneven or it's it's just a matter of putting in that practice that that work ethic mm, when yeah. it all comes down to it it's like asking like uh like what knife do i use for this right yeah. you know in so, essence yeah that's that's what it is you just gotta just know your know your craft and i guess when we hear the term respect the djs i guess it's a lot of times uh, used in a way from like yeah for those promoters that are not gonna that are gonna undercut the DJs or for those artists that are gonna like not like even when, let's say for example when, when we do a show and an artist wants like a DJ to like trigger their set right like there's respect there you know there's like etiquette like if I'm throwing a show and I say bring your music this is the DJ come to soundcheck and you don't and you come right before your set and you're just like whining to the DJ and you don't even know his name and then you're like making him look dumb in front of everybody. Like that's whack. 
like respect the DJ. But what you're just saying right now is interesting because as DJs, you need to respect the DJ like culture to like yeah. know about what you're doing, just like with in the cooking or in, or in music, because it's so easy to just pick up and just pick up a controller, right? Download some music, download some software, make some beats. Like you overall, know? it's what you're taking with you is the skill. The skill is transferable to right. whatever yeah. your whatever tool that you're using. Right. Like you could either rock a hot pot and do a pop up with a hot pot, yeah. like you know, like a a small convection oven or yeah. like you know state of the art kitchen yeah you know what i'm yeah. saying like either you got to get familiar with with all aspects of, of absolutely it. yeah it's it's et- etiquette etiquette i think yeah. etiquette's like a big like a big thing and that's some one thing for me to like when we're yeah when we're talking about food and music it, it, you know you could come in and you know have the next big thing and not care about or have any kitchen etiquette yeah or respect for for cooking or the people that cook or, you know, as a, as a whole, as a community. Yeah. It, it, it transpires the same thing, you know, being a DJ. And like you said, you know, I just went to, you know, guitar center or best buy by myself, a little control. I'm ready to rock a party. I don't give a fuck that you know how to do this and that and the other. And I don't care that you, you have all the, you know, that you've been investing in your equipment and that you've been in the biz for a long time. Like I'm just trying to get it. Yeah. And that's it. And I'm going right. to be lit. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like that, that. Yeah. And for me personally, it's like if, if someone comes that hasn't been in the industry for a long time or someone that's starting out their pop up with no prior cooking, with, with not having a cooking background. But yeah. if they come with like respect and like, hey, bro, you know. I got a lot of respect for what you do or whatever, you know, can you give right. me some pointers? And, right. and I'm not going to try to like take over and tell you need to do this, you need to do that. And no, you're doing that wrong because that's not my outfit. You know what I mean? That That's his, that's yeah. his or hers. That's their thing. Uh. But at the same time, it's showing like, I, I respect what comes with it. I respect the, you know, the community and I respect not, and it's not, and it's not just the chefs that are shining. It's the people that we represent as chefs, which are all the people in the back, the prep, you know, the, you know, the, uh, the dishwashers, all of that, you know, we carry that on our backs as well. So, yeah. So with you guys in music, it's like, it's the same, it's the same thing. You know, it's Mike's years of taking all of his equipment and setting up and doing this and, and, and studying and practicing and, and, you know, Jam Cam, his, you know, his schooling or, you know, his, his background with that, you got to respect everybody that you come across that's been in it for a while. You got to, you know, you got to respect, you know, there's some assholes out there that are, you know, because I've come across people that when I started, they were like, just like, man, you learn on your own. You know, personally, I'm, you know, I'm not like that. Like I'm down, a, yeah. you, know, you know, because I come, you know, I, I come respectful. And yeah. I think it's, yeah. like I said, it's, it's etiquette, it's respect and not like you got to bow down. To right. people, right? But you got to show like interest in, hey, you know what? This is this is what DJing started. You know how it started. This is the background. You know, music producing and beat making. This is what you know they had to go through, or this is what they do. You know, now it's easier for me. But because, like, personally, I'd be like, I want to learn the, the the original way to do it. Yeah. And then you know, bring it up to speed. And now it's like, well, we don't have to do that no more because yeah. it's a little bit more accessible. But know where you come from, and then you yeah. found a way to to 
to make it work for you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's not like I'm I'm gonna tell the like the younger DJs or new DJs that are coming and be like, oh, you got to carry these crates up these stairs. <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta Six wrap months. these you gotta wrap these cords properly. Uh, you gotta clean my needles or anything. <laughs> and nah, it's, it's nothing anything like that. It's just I I just want people to be more open minded and be more familiar with uh, the equipment with the music. Um, in in every part of it, in every yeah. part of aspect of either nightlife or just DJing in general, yeah. you know, and it's just all transferable within everything that you do in life. I, I want to emphasize that, like, like with cooking, it's just showing love to the people that you work with in the kitchen, showing yeah. the people that you, the people that you work with at the nightclubs or whatever, like love, like from the bartender to the manager to to the people that's cleaning up all the fucking throw up on the side no, because yeah. some skonka threw up and stuff, you know? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it's- <laughs> That's it. it. It's, you know, it, I just want true. everybody to, to to take that kind of application of it, of doing all of that, but apply it to the entire rest of your fucking life, man. Like everything, like you'll get by a lot further with showing that kind of love and that etiquette and that care because if you're just going to show up and be like, I'm a fucking DJ, so you better fucking respect me. Like, yeah, it doesn't work that way. I'm a chef. You better show love. You better respect me. And I make the best this, okay? But yeah. if you come across that way, you know, I, I guarantee you, you will get a negative Yelp review as <laughs> as I remember your guys' conversation from the last episode. So I listen. I, I got to make sure that, uh, you know, just in case we had some talking points on that too. You know? <laughs> no, I appreciate you listening. <laughs> no, so how do you feel about um, like producer DJs? And that culture. That's dope because they're transferring their skills. Uh, I I guess the the best person that I could probably think of right now is uh, the homie Nick Piccoli. Uh, he's he's a producer first. Uh, when I first met him, he was like really like just into playing piano and keys at church and stuff like that. And I was just like, dude, this fool has like mad skills. He's a beast. Um, just with the keys, you know, just playing mu- music instrumentation. Um, Several years later, we meet up at Yoji's in Diamond Bar, and then he's all like, yo, I've been making beats. I'm like, I want you to check them out. And I'm like, okay, yeah, word. Listen to him. I'm like, yo, this guy has to be on Void Shift ASAP. And then from there, he started doing a whole bunch of gigs. And I was like, okay, he's working. Like, he's working, working. Like, he used to work a day job and then at night spend all of his time making beats, you know, and you know, that's the whole starving artist right, situation, right. you know, like you do what you got to do to the grind. To, pro- to provide for yourself and, and whatever. But then now he's just, he quit that job and then now he's doing music full time entirely. Now he's touring with like So Super Sam. He's, yeah. he's been going on tours here and there with uh, Jamie Boy. Yeah. I mean, um, wasn't he just on uh, James Corden? Yeah. He was on James Corden playing piano, yeah. playing keys. And I'm like, dude, like, this is amazing yeah. like yeah. i can't i can't hate on that because he's making the music that he's playing too at the same time yeah. so he transfers uh, it's like you said you, whatever you're in it transfers to other things yeah like the dedication the respect of learning your craft yeah so he say for example up. say for example somebody that works front of house uh like a say you're like a waiter or or whatever and you just want to take a sneak peek in the kitchen and be like oh, okay so that's how chef did that I think I could try that at home. And then you try to transfer that and, and you want to show the chef like, hey, I think I want to work in the kitchen now. Like, where can I where can I start? So you 
obviously starting off as prep right. and then working your yeah. way up you know and i think that's like the, that that's the time and energy that you put into it like it's all the time it's going to be reflected of you like throughout whatever it is that you do fire yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of people will like look down on producer djs that use controllers and whatnot but yeah the one one of the one of the things is like yeah we're making the music that we're playing yeah but then there's still like because there's still a lot that you need to know fundamentally to dj because sure. i i experimented because i've done beat sets and i've i've experimented with like live sets and then maybe it's because i know so many dope djs that i just was like i need to stop and get yeah, so like so i need even, to get better at this even no matter how fire the beats are and yeah i can do a little beat set but to like DJ and do a 30 minute set and not like, and just to have people looking at you, like I'll never, I'll never forget two feelings. One is like playing a beat set and like feeling comfortable enough not to have it pre-planned to be able to like feel the crowd yeah. and playing something and getting the reaction, playing something, get the next reaction. But then I also know the feeling of like that look like this is not it chief. Yeah. And then if you're not set up <laughs> for the right transition, I'm like, I'm playing my beat and this beats playing for two minutes and people stop dancing. Or yeah. they like it's just it's a weird feeling. So, um, so how does it feel when it's like from a? How do you feel when it's a a DJ trying to become a producer? Uh, I think for for both 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 situations, DJ producer producer DJ, there's cheat codes that you already have that will get you at the front of the pack. Like when I first started playing live sets and trying to DJ, I already knew like phrasing. I knew what an eight-bar intro was. I knew when to drop. I know, like, these are things that when I meet people that are trying to DJ from scratch that don't produce, their mind is just not understanding. <laughs> yeah. Like, they don't know when to drop. And it's just tell them, look, just drop on the one. And they don't get it. Yeah. Um, so vice versa, for producers trying to be DJs, like, I mean, DJs trying to be producers, um, it's, it's dope because they have the fundamentals. They might even be able to make, make stuff... Um, like out the gate yeah like a that, remix that's better like for example a, a producer making beats from scratch like my first beat it's, it's trash i guarantee you a, a producer a dj's first beat as a producer was was it will not be trash because they know what good music is mm. they know what phrasing should be they know what an eight bar is they know where the kicks and the snares go some producers that try to learn how to make beats they can't even concept like the one two mm. three Four like yeah. snares go on the two and the four like, you know what I mean? I, right. I, I guarantee that DJs don't have that problem, you know. So if you're a DJ trying to get into because they have an ear, yeah, that's all it they is. They have the ear, yeah. right? <clears throat> they have yeah. the ear. So let me let me ask you, Mike. Yes, I'm gonna ask you a crazy question. Well, right. not too crazy. I mean, <laughs> something that like that I'm not. Yeah, I guess noticing because with everything, there's always like people that get shot into the you know into the stars because of social media and you know controllers <laughs> yeah. but let me let me ask you so like me as a chef like I could tell people I could just say be like nah dude you're not no that's mm -hmm. whack you're not a chef mainly because of their attitude you know and how they they come across but like I think there's a certain line where you could just say nah stop stop already so with that yeah in a DJ sense like, when do you hear somebody, see somebody, and just say, like, what the heck are you doing? You know, like, or like, or, or, or think to yourself, why, why are all these people like, 
walking know, away. Big, yeah, bigging them up when they're just whack, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, and then it's like, like my sister, you know, my sister spins, yes. and my brother in law, Carlos, but they don't call themselves DJs. They call themselves, they call themselves collectors and they play records. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people want to want to tell them or, uh, you know, address them as DJ. Oh, you guys DJ, you're a DJ. And then, you know, they'll be like, no, you know, we're not DJs. You know, we, we respect the DJs. You know, we're just collectors. We play 45s. You know, we collect rare soul, whatever. Yeah. But then you have people that call it, oh, I'm a DJ. And, right. You know, and it's like, 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 you know, Jam Cam said, you know, they don't know how to, you know, hook in their stuff or, you know, they don't know how to like, they don't bring all their equipment. They don't come with their needles. They don't do this. They don't do that. But they're steady on there. Like, I'm DJ, whatever. And I just did this big festival or I just did this big, like, you know. And this, people ride with them. Yeah. Like, and people ride with them hard. And, yeah. and, you know, and it's like, I'm not trying to be like a hater, but again, I'm yeah. old school and I'm all about respect. And it's like, like, why do you people like ride with these yeah. people so hard? You know, like they don't even, you know, it's just, it's almost like a slap in the face. I think it's because they got them in for free. Not just kidding. Um, well, the, the, the way I feel about it tickets. is the way, yeah, the <laughs> way I feel about it is uh, like the whole thing about DJing, just as much as the culinary world, everything is like hyper glorified. Yeah. You know, like within the past maybe five years, because of social media and the hype of social media and, and like food trucks and that whole entire culture, uh, anything to do with food, everybody's just like, oh, I'm I'm a chef now, by the way. Yeah. So, you know, like fuck with me, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, and people will ride for them hard because, you know, it's it's their boy, it's their homie, and I get it. That's that's cool that you're supporting your man and and all that. But if like for example, I could probably transcribe it better in the DJ sense where it's like I've I've worked with DJs before and they know how to part the Red Sea, if you know what I mean. Like they just know how to like Oh, I'm not dancing to this because, yeah. or the transition sucks. Those are the kind of things that Part I the Red Sea. Okay. Yeah, I like to. That's <laughs> I like to pay attention to like how the DJ focuses on the audience. Mm, yeah, you know, and that's 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 number one. If if you're if that's what your job is to cater as a DJ, yeah. then that's what you're supposed to do. Like you're supposed to make people feel good. You're mm-hmm. supposed to make them dance. It's not like you're you're here to play a method man track that you really wanted to hear just for yourself. Because if at that point when you're playing for yourself, you're not catering to your, your audience, to the crowd, the people that you, the patrons that pay to be there. And I think people will appreciate you more if you, you cater to, to them as opposed to, um, as opposed to yourself as a DJ. But there's like it's like a double-edged sword too at the same time because there are privileged patrons that yeah. will come up to you and be like, yo, uh, can you play this? Can you play that? Pick up their phone and be like, can you play this? You know, like it's it sucks. It, it sucks what kind of people feel feel obligated and, and they feel uh they feel the need to like, yo, I, I told the DJ to play this because like you know, <laughs> they feel tough after they, that. they feel they feel great and they feel wonderful. Like yeah. I get it, you know, like I get it. You're trying to you know you're trying to prove stuff to your girl, your hyena, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> that's but, not it, Chief. But that's not it, man. Like you can't you, you just have to pay attention to your audience. And 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 I guess in the in the realm of food, 
uh, when it comes to the food, like you want to make sure you're presenting something that's like to your to your to people that are buying your food, mm-hmm. like it represents what it what it really is. Like for example, George, uh, JMKM. I almost called you by your government name. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I know you you discussed last podcast about uh, poke and and musubis and and how like some Howley folks, you know, trying to. Claim it in Hawaii. What were they claiming again? I apologize. Uh, Aloha. Aloha. They were trying to trademark the word Aloha in the use of food, right? Food establishments. So they were, so they were trying to do that, and then in turn, all this backlash. Right. So it, it just didn't work because of the fact that you're trying to take something that that means something to other people, like from their heart. Yeah. You know, Aloha is not something that you take for. For granted, you know, it's 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 a real deep, it's a real deep rooted word that like now a lot of people just throw around there and throw shakas like oh, aloha, bra, and, and call it a day. But it's really something significant to to Hawaiians, like Native yeah, Hawaiians. Absolutely. So if if you felt in any way that you're disrespected, in turn, people are gonna come at you. Right. So even with with DJs like. It's it's kind of like a silent thing. I think they they would rather not say it to you directly. They just won't book you anymore. That's what I was gonna ask It'll you. Like, how up. do you how do you deal with these DJs that part the Red Sea? And one question is how do they how do they get there? Because even if, like you've ever done a gig with somebody that you like that you heard through the grapevine, like a homies homies, and you might have known them but you never did a gig with them and then yeah you, you try to vouch for them and, and stuff like that no, like, and then you might like know you might you, know, you see him around but then you finally do a gig and you're in, you're on the same bill and you hear him like not know how to beat match not know how to read the crowd like so yeah i was gonna ask you how do you deal with that do you tell them no um, you just get the book personally for time. me i yeah personally for me like i don't i'd be like i would offer suggestions but i wouldn't tell them straight out like yo you fucking suck yeah. I'm I'm more of a I'm more of a uh what is what are, what do my friends call me like like yo you'd make a good mayor because you'd shake everybody's hand kind of thing like kind of yeah. like you very uh political politically correct in a sense yeah. like the approach is just like more very like neutral. neutral yeah like like yo next time like make sure you you, yeah, you do time. this yeah. uh, make sure you passive aggressive you make sure your your EQs are on point but I mean overall like your song selections weren't all that or if they ask you if they ask me for advice and stuff like that, I'd be more than happy to. But at the same time, I still don't feel like, I guess it's the, it's just the way that I feel like I don't have the full, I'm not the full authoritative figure to yeah. like completely like say like, you're whack, you're whack. But it's just kind of like, it's a visual rep- representation. Like if people like what they're hearing, they're going to dance. Yeah. Or if they want to, if they, if they like your food, they're going to eat it. Yeah. You know, it's, I think that's that's how it is. Like, I mean, I don't want to I don't want to approach people like, and and catch them off guard and be like, "Yo, you, that was a trash set." To be honest with you, <laughs> you know, I don't. No, you're not gonna. Just, I don't feel comfortable. That's not like that's, that's not, not my that's not my my steez. But if, what did you say? That's not your outfit, or well, yeah, yeah, that's not your outfit. Yeah, yeah. those aren't my Converse. <laughs> 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 but that's, these are more Cortez though, or whatever, yeah. or Vans. Nah, man, it's good to hear your perspective because I was. I have a lot of good relationships with with DJs and producers and promoters and 
you know, I always try to respect the DJ because yeah. of what you guys bring to the table. Yeah. People like to obviously do these things because of money. It's money centric or popularity, okay. fans building like I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be a famous chef on Food Network. I'm going to be on I'm going to be on Viceland. I'm going to get a sleeve like Action Bronson and and I'm going to be like Action Bronson. I'm going to be like Maddie Manson and and I'm going to have my own show and and stuff like that. It doesn't work that way, man. Like just be I think you just really got to be genuine with yourself and and approach it like like this is what I have to do to survive. Yeah. You know, and if you're just doing it just be like, "Oh, I kind of dj like well sometimes there's like 500 djs that that do this because they need to pay rent they need to take care of the kids they don't have no health insurance they don't have a savings plan you know it's 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 the way of life and it's they know that's all they know and and that's what they trust their careers on and then you you have somebody that approaches it like um, yeah, I, I kind of DJ here and there, like some parties, but like, you know, nothing big, but like, I'm trying to play at Coachella next year or something. It doesn't yeah. work that way. You can't just be like, yeah, I'm yeah, trying to open up, in- I'm trying to open up a brick and mortar, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to open up a restaurant, yeah. you know, but you know, I, I overboiled water. My good luck with that. <laughs> you know, maybe, just, maybe I can play the turndown tent this year. Yeah. You know, <laughs> no, those are the homies. Never mind. I would love to play that. <laughs> I would love to play that too, man. Shout out so- to. All the homies that that play there. Well, let's um, let's get back into this food. Okay. So let me ask you now. What was your? How did you get into cooking? Aside from, I mean, it seems like DJing is like your full time, you know, gig or or something that takes up yeah. the majority of your time. How did you find time? Or you know, with that, like, how yeah, how did you get into cooking? Boy, and where'd you me, start? So, like, I want to be clear, like. I, there was a time period I probably felt like I blacked out for the past two, three years where <laughs> the only reason why I say that is because like I worked a nine to five. Yeah. I DJed probably two, three nights a week. And yeah, you know, I was like, damn, Mike's a madman. And then still try to plan out pop-ups with, with you and trying to help out uh, pop-ups with like the homie Justin uh, who's opened up Hi-Fi Kitchen soon in, in uh, historic Filipino town. Hey. So between all of that, like I, like I'm feeling the adverse effects of it now. Yeah. So I've been like kind of like laying low uh, from DJing. I took I'm taking a break, kind of like figuring out uh, in what sense I want to get back into it. Either, obviously for me, it's it's always like community based. Like this is something I want to do for the community and help people. And yeah. like even if it's like teaching kids how to DJ or 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 somewhere along the lines of that. Um, nice. That's. That's where I'm at right now, uh, yeah. 2019. Um, so reverse, rewind, all of that stuff. Um, I started cooking. Well, I got interested in food because, you know, check out my belly. You know, as a kid, <laughs> I was necessity. I was a kid, I was the uh, I was the trash compactor. You know, <laughs> I like leftovers, I'd be like, hey, finish that. I'd be like, don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> You know, yeah. it's easy. It's easy. So, you know, obviously, um, my grandma, my nanai, uh, and and my mom and my tita Sonia, they they would always be in the kitchen. And I'd be like, how can I help? Well, what can I do? Be like, nah, you're just going to make a mess. Like, it's, it's no, just yeah. just wait till we're done and you eat and stuff like that. So it was until maybe my, my uncle, my uncle Oli, he was the one that'd be like, oh, you want to help me? I'm like, yeah. 
And then you'd have me cut stuff and here's my mom coming in like, you're gonna cut your fingers off. You're not gonna do anything. It's just like, God, man, just let me live, you know? <laughs> and that's primarily the introduction, you know? And, and obviously even then I, I watch my, my nana, I like just cook like my favorite dishes all the time. Be like, yo, how'd you cook that? You know? And I'll be like, can you add more of this? Can you add more of that? And yeah. she'd be like, I don't have any more. And I was like, okay, next time. <laughs> um, so that was the initial step Smart. because I think what, what made it special was on Sundays after church, everybody would get together at, at my house. And that's where my grandma lived with us, my, my nanai. And she would make sure everybody eats. And I think that whole commu- the commune table of like mm-hmm. everybody just eating. Yeah. And everybody, like me and my younger cousins and my sister, we would play video games and be like, okay, let's eat. And everybody's just eating, chilling, talking and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and that's something that's always going to be a part of a part of me. You know, and, and I found that very special. Um, fast forward, uh, Food Network, you know, watching all anything Yan can cook. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dude, on Channel Martin 28. Yan. Yeah, Martin Yan. You know what I'm saying? Like Dude, that, uh, I mean. Yan can. Yeah. Real, real, real fast. Well, I don't mean to cut you no, off. No, no, no. Go speaking, ahead. Go speaking, ahead. speaking of Martin Yan, funny story. When when I was younger, we used to go trick or treat, <clears throat> excuse me, in, um, in Larchmont. Okay. Because I lived off of Western. So we used to drive up to Larchmont. And my pops, rest in peace, my 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 brother and sister were baby. Well, you know, they were little. And one day, you know, we're knocking on doors and trick-or-treating. Dude, freaking Martin Yen. No way. Opens up the door. I'm like, because I, I would watch him too. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. you know, young and, that, you know, public access TV. I mean, PBS was only, I didn't have cable. So yeah. when I started, like, loving cooking, I just watched these, you know, these uh, um, cooking shows. That's the <laughs> one, man. The I was like, what the heck? Yeah. It, was, it was pretty like, funny. What's up, man? Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was that. It <laughs> was that watching uh, Emerald. You know, very, you know, all of this, like in retrospect, you think about it, man, that was like so commercialized, like food wise, you know, on, on, on everything like that, uh, that, that in itself, like drew my attention. So high, come high school, uh, I didn't know what I wanted to be, yeah. you know, um, I think you mentioned something like that too, Adam, uh, last podcast, if I, re- if I remember. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for Filipinos, it's, there's always this expectation to enter the medical field. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, my that's a good majority of like what I've been told, like, you know, like I just want you to I mean, it's, it's obviously about the financial stability. And that's the yeah. reason why you want to enter the medical field. Um, but it just didn't feel it just didn't feel right for me. Like even then at school, like trying to take biology, I'm like, dude, I'm falling asleep. <laughs> dude, I'm dying in here. But um, I remember one of my homies, he uh he uh we were in we were in senior uh it was our senior year, and then he he brings in like he's all yo, check these out. And then he flips it open and then it's just like a whole bunch of knives. I'm all, dude, I don't think you're you're allowed to bring these <laughs> knives to school full. And it was all like his cooking knives and stuff. I was like, like, where'd you get this from? He's all like, at Elac, fool. Like I signed up over at Elac. I was like, oh, that's what's up. And I haven't uh kept in touch with him, but you know, I I I'm assuming that he he went to culinary school there and stuff like that. So culinary school obviously at that time wasn't as expensive. Oh and, no. And uh, and then all of a sudden, all these like CIA, Le Cordon Bleu started popping up and be like, yo, how much is that? And then I was, I was like, ugh, that's expensive, much, yeah. yo. It's a grip. 
So um, I, I wanted to get more, I guess, focus myself into to education. And so I did that, uh, like wanted to teach uh, high school. And then I got, fast forward, I, I started working with adults with special needs. And then I was like, dude, I miss cooking. So I'd help out my friend's restaurant and stuff like that. And it's just like this back and forth, this back and forth between like, I'd work at the school district and then I'd work at the restaurant. And then uh, I was like, dude, I really want to do this now. Yeah. So um, <laughs> at the same time, it's weird because I applied to, I, I went to uh, pharmacy tech school and I finished. And so when I, yeah, yeah it's, it's just a lot of things. Like, like I, I apologize because like the timeline is very scattered in my mind, but yeah. it, it all, you know, fits in. And at that time, I went to, uh, I was working at a pharmacy, but then they laid me off six months later and then I couldn't get a job as a pharmacy tech because they're like, you don't have any experience. I'm like, how can I get experience if you don't hire, <laughs> hire me? me. Yeah. <laughs> That's so jacked up, man. Like that whole system, the whole idea is like all, all messed up. So my cousin at the time was working at uh, Wolfgang Puck Catering. Okay. And uh, he's all like, I got a job for you. He's all, it doesn't pay much, but start off at uh, Griffith Observatory doing prep. So all my life, like my hands would be frozen because I was cutting like lettuce, like iceberg lettuce, yeah. romaine lettuce, all kinds of lettuce and peeling and all that stuff. So that's how it all started, like all the prep. And then it just ventured off into like a whole bunch of culinary adventures. And then how did how did you start Poke Party or what 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 you know what made you want uh, to dabble into the Poke realm? In the realm of Poke? <laughs> yeah. What about it? Yeah, yeah, well yeah, what about so, it? So I know it? I know my uncle brought back uh Foodland Poke. And I was like, what is this, man? He's all like, it's poke. It's from Hawaii. And uh, we were just sitting, you know, kind of like chilling, drinking beers, throwing back beers, and just talking about, he was just talking about his trip and stuff like that. And I was just like, I kind of want to know how to make this. And and so maybe like a week or two later, he went deep sea fishing with one of his homies. I'm all like, Dave, we couldn't just go to the store to get tuna. <laughs> but he went deep sea fishing and got tuna and like halibut and all that stuff. And he was just cutting it up like sashimi, like it's... It's like kind of like we call it pulutan. It's just like just chilling, music playing, or we're watching the game, and there's like beer, alcohol everywhere, and just eating like snacks of like chicharron and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, he's all like, "All right, I want you to learn how to make this." I was like, "Why?" <laughs> he's all like, "Cause man, sometimes I get drunk. I just want I just want to <laughs> eat it." I was like, "Okay." So kind of like looked up recipes, and then. If there was like the packets that you would get from uh, from Marukai. Uh -huh. They had the had like the instructions on how to make it, and like what what the ingredients were, and that's what I used to base it off of. And then I'd be like, "No, nah, I think I could use more sesame seed oil or yeah, something yeah. like that." Always. And then I was, and then all of a sudden, people were like, like family parties would be like, "Yo, who made this? It's Mike." And like, what is this? It's like poke. It's like Hawaiian ceviche. I don't know what you want to call it at the time because I was. Maybe I wasn't too familiar with it, you know. Yeah. I didn't. I ran, and then I looked into like Sam Choi was like the godfather of it, you know. And and it's like it's like Hawaiian sashimi, pretty much, you know. And and <clears throat> from there, I was like, maybe this might be a lucrative business idea, you know, <laughs> a lucrative plan, you know. And and 
before anything, um, my cousin's wife, uh, they're from Pearl City, Hawaii. And, uh, and uh, I told them, like, I make poke now. And then they're like, okay, well, next family party, you got to bring some. So I brought like maybe like five pounds of like whatever money I had. I bought poke for the party. Like I brought, brought uh, poke for the party. <laughs> yeah, poke <laughs> for the party. And everybody's like, oh, this is good, bro. <clears throat> like this is legit. Like you're like you know what you're doing. And I was like, oh, okay. You're like, so, thank you. Yeah, that was that was gonna be my next question. Was like, what what is your connection to the island? Because I know with me, they asked me like. Your wine, who's wine? You know, some right. people are just like that. Like they'll come yeah. up to the right. table. You yeah, know, it's not necessarily always a bad thing. You know? No, yeah, and and you know, who's but you wine? get defensive though automatically. Like, oh, well, you know how to bake this bread? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? Because yeah, it's like when I made it for you one time, you're like, who taught you this? Kind of like, I, I see you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. No, no, and it's not, and it's like for you to get defensive. That's that's natural. It's but we ask just because we're just. Out of our element and being from Hawaii and seeing right. a lot of people do wrong. When people do it right, it's like, whoa, you know? Yeah, so. you know, I, I mean, I've never really had someone like rude, rude ask me. You know what I mean? But I could tell when they're kind of sarcastic about it. And then when I say, you know, oh, Jordan, you know, Jordan's from Hilo or Doreen's family. And I, and then they're like, oh, okay. Because I get the same thing like when they hear, oh, we're from L.A. Oh, you know, where'd you grow up? L.A. And then they laugh. I've had people laugh and be like... Yeah, what part of LA? Then I tell them, they were like, okay, you're from yeah. LA. Yeah. So that's right, I'm from LA. It's yeah. called East Los Masubi for a reason. Oh, yeah. We get a lot of people coming asking, asking, oh, so you're from East Los? Yeah. And you gotta explain. And then I have to bit. explain because, yeah. I mean, you know, technically I'm, I'm not, but, you know, our our, our company is, is, is around the East Side. But so, you know, like I said, well, you know, with that, like, that was your connection. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted to make sure, like, I was doing something right, though. Like I wanted to make sure yeah. I was doing it right, and yep. and then seeing um, the industry within the industry grow in here in the mainland, it's it was frustrating because obviously I would want I would have wanted my own. Uh, it was crazy spot. on the real. Like it was crazy. I mean, I don't know if I was like if I'm delusional, but like when Mike, okay, when we met you, had your poke, eating your poke. And you were doing your pop-ups. It seemed like, what, like not too long after that, boom, all these freaking right. poking places started popping up. Yeah. Like, and not even just like, you know, you would, honestly, I don't even think I've ever really seen at that point, like a brick and mortar of a, of a poke spot. You know, it was, yeah. no, I didn't see no Aloha poke. I didn't see none of, none of those spots. Yeah. There was maybe like, and there were like I mean, one or two, yeah. maybe like. In Venice Beach, there's like Poke Poke. Yeah, yeah. either there, and like then uh, there was Santa like, Monica. And then there was the spots in Carson, and those, those, but those were like hood spots that, like, you know. Unless you're around that area. Unless you, you know. Because I did, I mean, you know, I was pretty, like, you know, we knew a lot of the Japanese spots because of Doreen's family, you know, and a lot of the Japanese spots in Gardena and, and, and mm-hmm. you know, Harbor area, whatever. So I'm like, damn. There isn't a lot of poke. Mike's gonna, Mike's gonna kill it if he, you know, he keeps on going. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, like, yeah, are yeah. do they are they just like on? Yeah, it just seemed the like internet yeah, it just seemed like overnight, <clears throat> all these places just 
uh, took over. And if he had the capital, yeah. which I obviously didn't, I still yeah, don't. Same, yeah, it's like <laughs> you we're know, in the same boat. Just, it was like, uh, you know, trust fund babies open up poker spots. Yeah. That's how, I, that's how I personally feel about it. And, and that has always like drove me insane. And then even then, like between that hype, people were... People would text me and be like, yo, uh, I, uh, I ate at the spot, but it doesn't taste like anything that you made. And I was like, yeah, because we don't do it like that. That's yeah. not that's not real poke. It was, it was like a, what's it called? Like a shirashi, shirashi bowl or whatever. Even, yeah, it's, it's li- it's whatever just, it is, I just tell them it's literally not poke. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. one time we, me and the family went and um, I'm like real. Like I like a lot of the, just the OG flavors, you know? I mean, I like some... Some, you know, some of the different sauces or styles that, that I've seen that are really like, uh, you know, that are really like um, true to the island because I'm like not about like some crazy stuff. But we went one time and, and, and the guy, he must have been the manager owner or whatever. He was asking us what we want in, in our poke. And JJ told them, oh, can I have a little bit more sesame oil? And he's like, OK. And then, well, you don't want this? And Jay's like, no. And then he's like, just sesame oil. He's like, yeah. And the guy's like looking at him like, what the hell? So he's like, he fixes it for Jay, you know. Doreen was next. Boom. Same thing. Oh, what kind of sauce do you want? Just some sesame oil. Little boy show you. And he's looking at her like, what? I'm show you. Yeah. And he's like, well, we have like this, this house blend. Like, you don't want that. We have this house ponzu. <laughs> and then Doreen was like, no. <laughs> and then, dude, then by the time he got to me, bro, he was just like looking at me like, don't, don't oh, tell me. Yeah. So what kind of sauce do you want? And I was like, sure, I just want sesame oil. A little bit of show you. Yeah, that's the base of it. And then he's you like know? looking at me like, you know, you could pick another sauce. Yeah. Like, I was I like, know. bro, no, I don't want another <laughs> sauce. But um, just real fast before we uh, before we move on, we got uh, JJ in the building, one of uh, Poke Party's <laughs> biggest fans. <laughs> Dude, Jay, let me tell you. The poke, kid, the poke killer, man. Bro. Five pounds. To the neck, bro. Yeah. To the neck. Jay, we got, wait, 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 hold up. Hold up. <laughs> and, and first of all, like. Super eager. You don't have to yell. I could sense a yell was coming. So speak in your regular. Good. I am so ready. <laughs> I, I am just s- want to say. <laughs> so real fast, Jay, before we, because we don't want to take too much time. So how was the first time you tasted Poke Party? It was life-changing. Damn. I, I mean, I love the little kick it has. I just, it was amazing. I mean, that may have just been the, my most favorite experience that I've ever had. It was life-changing. Damn. Exactly. Awesome. This is a moment, guys. Yeah, this is yeah. this is wonderful, man. <laughs> I appreciate that, Jay. Jay, just we just wanted uh, to show you some love right now. <laughs> He's like, just... Awesome. All right, baby boy. Bye, Make sure you get some donuts. Get some donuts oh, on the way out. Hey, shout out Donut Man. Hey. So, <laughs> why? So, so the, the, huh? Go ahead. No, no, no. Go. I'm uh, sorry. No, it's interesting because kind of to pull uh, like a parallel back to what we were talking about. Yeah. If you have these characteristics to show respect and learn something, it makes a lot of sense now that I hear that full backstory because a lot of people will, will wonder, well, why not? Filipino food. Why not? Yeah. Why did you start with something that you admittedly, you just said you didn't know much about it. You know, you're, you got it from your uncle came over. You, you have some family that are from Oahu that they gave you the stamp of approval, but something about your character made you say, 
I want to do this. And not only do I want to do this, I want to do it right. Yeah. And you did your research and it's, and it's pretty, pretty close. Like not even better. It's like, it's, 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 it's absolutely. What better. are you trying to say? Jordan? <laughs> it's no, right. It's right. Like I told you, <laughs> it's right. You got it. So that's interesting for, to hear. But then the question is like, but why not Filipino food? Why not? Like, what about it? Um, you know, did you sense that the, that the trend was coming? Because you, you said you got the feeling that this could be lucrative and, you know, that's, and that's fine. Cause this is something that the culture that I come from. Yeah. Um, a lot of people will take it and say, let me try it because we're underrepresented here and there's not a lot of people from yeah. the Hawaiian culture in this. So it's not a bad thing that you, that you thought that, but why did you not just go and say, let me throw it on, on some Pinoy some, grinds, Pinoy party, some, uh, yeah, Pinoy party, there yeah. you go. some lumpia and, uh, pancit and all that no, and barbecue more. sticks. No, we need a little more than that. Uh, you know, I ask myself that often when I when I first kind of started, like I don't I don't want to diss anybody first and foremost. Yeah. You know, so that's why that was the reason why I did my research behind it as to why it even exists. It's a it's a local thing in, in Hawaii. It's you know, you it's something you get after work. Pauhana, you know, you yeah. get you get a beer, you get a Heineken, you get uh maybe a couple of spam masubis, you get a you get, a, some, poke. Yeah. You get some poke and you chill at the beach with the homies and just maybe jam out, have a jam session or whatever. And that's, that's been a part of our family thing, just to right. like have food. And that, and so that's yeah, the key. What is it called? You, there's a name for it when you guys Pulutan. Are, yeah. Pulutan. So yeah, you really so, related to the culture. So yeah. So it's like, it's like, it's like the same idea. If, if, you know, uh, if the homies like brought like ceviche over. Yeah. It's like the same idea. Yeah. Um, it's it's and even then like with Filipinos we have something called uh kilowin. It's right. uh it's the uh it's marinated in vinegar instead of like shoyu and yeah. and, and lime too. And, or, yeah, like Yeah, so you know what's up. Or even coconut. Yeah. Uh, oh coconut yeah, the coconut milk. one, yeah. 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 So it's it's like ceviche with coconut. Yeah, milk. it's it, yeah. so it's not like wow. you know, I wanted it to be something that that represented me and that represented me because that was part of my family's thing. You know, and it's not, and it wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm trying to make, I'm just trying to be rich or trying to get rich off of this. You know, it just supplemented, you know, my, like my lifestyle of like, you know, like I love buying t-shirts and, and, you know, Star Wars figures and records and stuff like that. So it helped me out, you know, or even help pay my bills. Yeah. And that's the hustle. And so, you know, like, like, for example, like, like it just dawned on me right now like if like so for example if somebody made cookies be like what kind of cookies are those like are they from america or are they from so-and-so like would you question that not necessarily like are they like a danish is it like a danish style cookie be like how'd you learn to make danish style cookies yeah you know it's i mean it's just like like my idea and 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 like my my concept of like you know it's you gotta treat obviously uh like other cultures, like with res- with a lot of respect yeah. in in what you do. Like no, so, for example, like you know, there's a there could be like a Filipino chef that cooks French, like French food, like easy, like that's a that's a thing. Yeah, you know, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's not, you know, like he's not paying homage to to the proper techniques and and skills right. and no, history. No, like, I'm passionate about it. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's something that. Like I talked about in previous episodes, like it, 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 I'm 
like I really respect hustle. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when people do things and it's they it might not be their culture and they're kind of taking whether it's music or food, mm-hmm. there might be some people that be like, "Oh, that's not or where are you where are you from? That's not your culture. That's not this." But then on one end, it's a hustle that you 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 saw something, you researched, you nailed it, and then you started hustling and creating opportunities for yourself and others with with the pop-ups and the collabs and that's the part that trumps it all whether or not you're from Hawaii or you've been there or you've had it before those are the things that that people need to understand and yeah and with anything like everything's up for grabs you know and that's the way true when when you say like hey i want to grow up and be cultured i want my kids to be cultured it's you want people to have experiences across the board and we're in a place right now that's like really diverse and you're going to have these different yeah. experiences. I mean there's a reason why when you started with Poke Party that so many people gravitated towards it is because it's it was good and there was a need for it and the people that gravitated towards it they're not from Hawaii. <laughs> you know, they're from here. Yeah. So they like it for a reason. It's cuz people want to experience things. So it's not necessarily about um you know you know questioning or where it's from. It's more of like it's good to hear the full story because it speaks to your character about the respect and like when you said earlier that really yeah. resonated about if you're going to see something through like it, it can that characteristics you have will translate to other yeah, other things definitely you know? and i and i think it was the the availability of it it wasn't like it was at a spot where they get tons and tons of fish yeah. you know yeah that, yeah even that's, then that's just there i mean you get it you know you you buy accordingly you sell accordingly, and then that's it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then that's gonna be it for you know forever. How long you have in between your yeah. your pop ups? And I think that was that was like a like for me that I was like that. Ah, that's dope. You know, that's kind of yeah. like you know in a sense going to Hawaii to a small mom and pop shop that they're just gonna like whatever they fish or whatever they catch. You know, that day that's it. Boom, that's it. Yeah. You guys yeah. come grab it. It's gone. It's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Initially, that's how I thought of it as because. You know, more and more, I started hearing about news about fish, you know, like overfishing, commercial overfishing, uh, all that. I took a lot of that into consideration. So that's why I wanted to do pre-orders because I didn't want to waste food. And then there were times when I made poke and I was like, damn, this is hella. I was like, I got to drop something off to Adam. I got to drop some off to you and stuff like that. It's all right. You could <laughs> you could overproduce anytime you want. Yeah, yeah. we're here. You know where we live. I'm on the way to Adams. Uh, <laughs> right. Or on the way back. Yeah, on the way back. I'm a growing boy. Yeah. No, uh, it, that was a yeah. That was the that was the main reason behind like why I wanted to do it. And and not a lot of people ask, um, you know, for the backstory and and things like that. So I appreciate you guys like allowing this. It's important. Me to, I, I, you know, to it, share the story, like it, with ahead. food. Like food is like food to me is like always been like uh, a narrative, you know. Obviously, telling a story, you know, like like there's a reason why that section in the Philippines where my parents were from or where my mom's family is from, like they they lived off of all kinds of fish, mm. you know, and that was it. Like you could barely get any pork, and and if you got pork, like lechon or whatever, that was like for only special occasions. Okay. Like rare special occasions, like really like once a year, where mm-hmm. like now it's like come to America, it's like Everywhere. it's a hot commodity, <laughs> you know? Um, so like even then, like um I remember my my mom telling me the story, like we had to share one egg with 
with five of my siblings, that like one egg, yeah. you know? So <clears throat> these kind of stories and, and, and the importance of, you know, of, of these, these stories and these narratives, like it always stays in the back of my mind as I prepare, as I, as I cook and, and, and I want it to, to be translated like overall, like with, with everything that I do, because there's a, there's a backstory to, as to the reason why yeah. you wanted to do it. So if your backstory is like, oh, well, I just wanted to, I just wanted to DJ because I just wanted to make money. Then That's you could different. always think of like, yeah. Yeah. you're doing it all in the wrong, for, for all the, the wrong, wrong reasons. reasons. Yeah. Definitely. yeah, I just want to cook because, you know, they said that I could make money like doing this food truck. Yeah. yeah. That's or, not, that's not, this is not the case. No, no. no. And, and the backstory, and you know, as we go on with, with our pop-up and from when we started, people asking us about our background, you know, I knew our story during story. And um, like, I, you know, I always knew it was like, it's, it's, a, it's important, you know, it's, a, it's, it's an important story. I didn't realize how much of an impact it was until when we're out there and people would ask us who's Hawaiian or, or, you know, you know, what are your ties to the island? And if Jordan wasn't with us and then I'd go and, you know, go down and, and explain Doreen or if Doreen would explain to somebody in the times we we got people that were so happy, like telling Doreen, oh, my God, I'm Japanese and Mexican, too. Yeah. And, and you know, my family, you know, my family was here, too, uh, during the war, um, you know, when her grandfather was in the war and in the concentration camps and I mean, internment camps. And um, and then you sit back and you think like, wow. You know, and even our friends that that are from like Bull Heights and East Los, the stories they have from their neighbors of when, you know, the Japanese in in L.A. in in, in that area were taken into those camps. You know, they they watched their you know their neighbors' houses for them. You know, they they watched over their stuff. They kept their stuff until they were you know they were going to be released. So it's crazy because then now. The food is at one level now. It's like the story's authentic, yeah, and it's from the heart. And now it makes that food and that experience just you know that much, that much better. Absolutely, you know. I just want to do things with intention. Like yeah. there's intention behind it. It's not just like just doing it just, just for the it, sake yeah. of for the sake of doing it. Like there's a yeah. reason why you do music. Right. You know. Yeah. Because I'm not of, from LA. I didn't grow up around hip hop. I'm not from New York, but I. That's not my culture, yeah. but I learned it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. I think doing it with intention is, I think is like the most like important thing. Like there's a reason, there's a reason why you cut it the way you cut it, or there's a reason why you mix that song with that song. Yeah. yeah. There's a reason why you cook it this way because that's, there's a story behind it. There's, yeah. there's a narrative, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. Exactly. No, that's, that's good. That's a really good perspective. I'm glad that you shared your, your, you know, just your background and your side of that. Cause it's important to know that no matter what you do, if you do it with intention, you'll be all right. Yeah, and, um, yeah. People might not agree with certain things, whether we're talking about some of like the, you know, the food. Yeah, the but food that's, that's your story, you know, and, that's your story. Yeah. You can't, you can't rechange the story and, and try to like make it look pretty in just order because, for, yeah, just to like have that, that appeal, you know, you gotta like, you, this is the story of, of how it all started. Like, like people have asked me, like you know, like what you just asked me, like why not, why not Fili- Filipino, food? like why not Filipino food? And and to me personally, honestly, like I'm scared to uh, 
to fully present and represent um like filipino food like there's like thousands of places that that do lumpia and ponce like it's are, like is, it's are like, there really though it's like it's like there's like okay so there's like a whole bunch of like um like small filipino restaurants here and there that they'll do catering you know yeah. and and so in what realm would i fit in in trying to like say make um like some sort of like Filipino street food. Ah, so I, I, yeah, so and like, and then the accessibility of of tools and equipment, like you know, like okay, so would I need like a hot plate or would I need to prepare this beforehand? Yeah, it's just you just want it was it, it was kind of like one of those things where like how would I be able to present it the way that it was meant to be without it being like stale or yeah, it, it's just yeah. like you, you know I don't have I probably wouldn't have all the full resources unless it was like a say for example I set up like a a table for six and invited you know all the homies to sit down and be like okay here's a dish that i yeah. put together yeah why not and that's something like you, you know that's that. and so yeah so but in the in the way that you presented poke party and the the way that those stars align and the way it's prepared and the way you can do it sustainably you wouldn't be able to do that right yeah exactly because so i always thought like the one thing that i wanted to ask you about too is how you feel about just like the filipino food uh the food part of the culture and the culture being underrepresented. I've always thought that the reason why uh, a lot of, cause I have a lot of Filipino homies that do, that do food and they all lean towards like Hawaiian stuff and they're not Hawaiian. Mm-hmm. Some of them have never been, some of them don't even have the connection that you have. But I, I was thinking of it as a way of like, is it because the Filipino culture is so underrepresented that, that the, you know, it's easier to present the spam and eggs in a Hawaiian way because it's more marketable. It's more like the Hawaiian, like it's a thing. Like, uh, that's exactly the point that I was gonna make. I'm all, everybody wants to be Hawaiian. Everybody yeah. wants to be like, oh yeah, I'm from the islands. I'm like, where where in the islands are you from? And if you say like Honolulu, I'm like, that's not a yeah. that's not that's not a chief. Honolulu. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not the big island. No, but more so, I was thinking because it was underrepresented, it's easier for people to be like, it's still my culture. Because the thing about the Pacific Ocean is. It's not about the the land that separates us. It's the water that connects us. So you as a Pacific Islander. That's so deep. That was, yeah. that was, that was just going to say. I, got, I, that was I was just so got that. deep. I 100% got that from Woo! Jason Momoa. Man, damn. Uh, I 100% got that from Jason Momoa. Because he's Bruh, getting slack. It is not the islands that would separate us, but it's the water. Why are you doing it in together. an Irish accent? I don't know. So just, we've heard uh, Mike Rock do a Mexican accent and a pigeon accent. No. No, because of the fact. <laughs> Chef Adam No, you know what I was saying though. It's. But then what you're telling me now is like, I never thought about that, that um, perspective of you saying, how would I do it? There's so many places. I'm like, I don't know those places that have lumpia. I would love okay. to see you do. What's the name of the dish with the uh, with the lime and the coconut? The kilowin. Yeah, I would yeah. love to see that. Okay. Not not say, not that I wouldn't love to see the poke, but just because I'm not, I don't know all those Filipino mom and spots. I would yeah. rather, I want to see, I've never seen a Filipino pop up at a night market. It's like, I've never um, seen... Uh, you know what I mean? Like, so, for example, like Kilowin, it's it's not really popular with like the younger. That's what and the younger um, Filipinos wasn't that are popular five years ago either. Then, yeah, well, I'm saying it's not popular with like the younger generation of Filipinos, like about my age, like oh, the 30s. And that's and stuff what I was like gonna. That. That's what I was gonna ask you. Do you think it's more of a generational, or is that yeah. even a word? <laughs> generational, yeah. but yeah. like you know what I mean? Like, is it more of a generation? Yeah. So younger, like for example, foods? if you want to call it anything, it'd be like yo, poke is the the new kilowin of 
I don't know. Like I wouldn't even dare say that. But oh, in the Filipino culture. Yeah, in the Filipino culture. Yeah, it's like it's 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 like one of those things where, you know, whatever is presented like for for this generation is like sushi and, and poke, for example. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. made. It's 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 that kind of culture that we've we've been exposed to, where. As a younger kid, I'd see my uncles and and stuff like eat kilowin and and like dinaguan. I don't even eat that shit. <laughs> yes, I remember you talking about yeah. that. I was like, damn, George is more Filipino than me. <laughs> but real, like real spit, like I don't eat. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, like there's like certain, like I don't eat that. I'm like, yeah, I do. Yeah, that's why it, it throws me off. So like when uh, when we're presented like things that are uh, like of this kind of like within the past. 20 years give or take yeah. like people that are like 30 and up 40 and up they may like Kilowin nah. I don't know it's, it's because they were exposed well, to maybe, it maybe you just might get a new audience yeah no but it's interesting you're saying if like your your now your peers if, if Philippine or not they're, they're, they don't know that but they know Poke they know, they know Poke because it man, became to be. yeah. like it's very LA like this the culture the, the, the like Poke party is very LA yeah to me like not in a hipster way but in like it's California it's who you so right. you came up around you're from mm-hmm. here like you're from like the Calif- like the California role you know or yeah. even like with pizza like uh, like when Wolfgang Puck took pizza and put like chicken on it and be like yo that's that's some foul like shit like, you no, know CPK. people yeah CPK yeah. you know things like that so, so people like would l- rather eat CPK than like at like than uh, the mom and pop Italian spot for example yeah yeah you know they'd rather have the barbecue chicken pizza than a a pepperoni a, yeah. the best pepperoni pizza from like a mom and pop spot that that's like close by yeah it's just, that's man that's crazy it's 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 how the story is told that's what I'm saying like food is a story like like right now like there's like an abundance of tuna so and then you know there's people that's presented like poke and like sashimi and sushi. And then in Spam, we're like, oh my God, I've never had Spam before. Well, fuck, man. I grew up on that shit. Yeah. So when we have homie, like Mexican homies, like, yo, I've never eaten that shit before yeah. in my life. Yeah. And then they'll be like, yo, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, this true. is, yeah. they, you sold them. You sold them on, on, on that crack already. Yeah. You know, like Filipino food right now, like, like, uh, obviously I've noticed like within the past couple of years, it's like, it's having this little renaissance period where like the food is, uh, not necessarily underrepresented it's just people still trying to get familiar with it yeah because people everybody has a filipino friend i always think that yes and uh whether it's because they were the nurse that took care of your grandmother or something (laughs) like that or whatever in whatever way but that filipino person has always brought food to you in yeah. some way, shape, or form, and that's just part of our culture. That's just the way we are, and so the, when they present, um, when they when they bring food to you, you're only exposed to a limited amount, which is we. I personally like to call it like the white people food of Filipino food. It's like the Hawaiian barbecue selection. Exactly. So it's, it's always going to be two scoops of rice, the kalbi, and the max salad, and, yeah. and call it a day. Lumpia, but they're not gonna. But they're not gonna easily touch the lao lao. Yeah, you know, yeah. Kalua pig maybe. So what's the typical plate for the? So the typical, typical plate, plate you, know, you go like with a scoop of uh, white rice. Obviously, you got pancit, and then you got egg rolls, and then like a barbecue stick. Yeah, that's like the typical like 
hey, welcome to our home. Like if you get invited to a family Filipino family party, that's what you presented to. And people will automatically like, oh, I know the realm of Filipino food. That's what it is. Like, yeah. like nope. so much more than that. Nope. It's a deep, rich culture. Yeah. Just as much as everybody else. Like, you yeah. know, like just as like when people just think as Mexicans as like tacos and this, yeah. they're like, nah. There's so much more. There's Big time. The like, stuff, you know, yeah. there's, it's just like the history, like, you want to dig deeper than that. So, yeah. so there's like a lot of Filipino uh, chefs out there that, that have been exploring that and presenting it in a different way. And then to be like, yo, like Filipino food is on a move. And it's just, how are you going to present it? How, it's, it's like, it's, it's the, it's the, the beginning. That's what I'm saying. It's, yeah. the, it's the beginning of the Renaissance because like, for example, of the Filipino rena- Renaissance, because for example, when Chinese food came out, what do everybody? What does everybody order? It's Panda Express, yo. Yeah. It's yeah. is orange chicken, beef with broccoli, chow mein, and fried rice. That's it. And that's it. But then obviously there's deeper, you know, different regions in 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 China that prepare food a different way yeah. and and stuff like that. Exactly. I know we're running. Hello. No, Wait. no, no. We're good? good. No, you're we're good. That's that's it's, it's like a lot of deep things that like people need to like understand yeah. about food that like I said it's 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 all about the storytelling and you yeah. know like musubis weren't just invented for the sake of it no you know there's a story behind that yeah and yeah. it's like yeah I love I would love to just hear and see more I I do think we're in the beginning of the phase for like the Filipino food and like. You know, just people getting accustomed to it, and you yeah, know, so chefs like that guy that's from Hawaii. He's from my hometown, Chef uh, Sheldon Simeon. Yeah, he's very Filipino. Like this, he presents himself not as a Hawaiian chef. He doesn't do the typical stuff. He doesn't go out there. You know, he's like, I'm Filipino. I grew up eating, and that's the same stuff I grew up eating. Like, right, growing up near the plantation in like on the Big Island, like these things that I've never seen. Probably if I go to the spots, you know, I'll see them on the menu. But like never at any like typical Filipino party because even at the typical Filipino parties, you guys are serving up things that you guys know, you know, that people are gonna eat. You're not gonna break out the dinigon in every party. Yeah, You're not gonna, yeah. you know. Even so. like bringing out the lechon, like people are like ultra sensitive for no reason. Oh, yeah. like, like just it's, it's like fun. don't make eye contact with it. Nah. Then dog, <laughs> give me that ear. Uh, <laughs> no, but yeah. So yeah, we can wrap up. That's definitely a good conversation. Um, yeah, no, definitely, definitely, Mike. <clears throat> excuse me, Mike. Um, we appreciate all that. Nah, man. You know, because it, 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 it is it, it is deep, and I think it needs to be to be said because I think sometimes the hype clouds, you know, the the um, the food, the music, everything. I mean, the hype. Everyone's just so hype about everything, and and, yeah. and they don't t- stop to think like. <clears throat> like what's you know what's the backstory you know yeah. where where did it come from you know where where why do you make you know this dish the way you make it you know is it different from where you know where you come from where your parents come from where your grandparents come from than where I come from right you know and um, like you said with like Mexican food I mean it's regional yeah, you know yeah. and then not not even and that's not even touching. The Mexicans, the third, fourth generation Mexicans from here, mm-hmm. you know, and my mom cooks different than maybe some of my homies' parents because they're know, from like they, they, another straight, region. Yeah, they're straight from Mexico. Yeah. My mom was born in the States. You know, my grandparents cooked a certain way. So my mom, that's the way my mom cooks. And, you know, my grandfather, you know, he cooked a certain way because that's how they cook, you know, in the part of Mexico he was from. 
Right. You know, it's not just like, oh, let me eat this. And man, this is bomb. Oh, you know, what was it? Oh, I don't know. You know, my <laughs> homie just gave it to me, you know. Yeah. Mike Rock just made it for me. It's it, you know, but it was good. Yeah. It's like, well, like my homie Richie, uh, his family's from like Oaxaca and he made me spaghetti, but then they use like uh his mom made it with like like cheese from Oaxaca. And I was like, yo, what? <laughs> so the stream the like the stream cheese. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so good. Oh man, man, let me tell you. But yeah, but it, it's you know, back to that. It's it, it's I think it's important for everybody to stop. And just kind of like take in, you know, take in the story, yeah. the backstory, yeah. the, you know, like the how, roots of where it comes from. Yeah, like how know. Filipinos are, there's like a lot of Filipinos in Hawaii too, you know, like yeah. um, a good majority of them uh, obviously had to do with World War II, um, the reason why they, they're there, obviously even um, the plantations. plantations. So a bunch of, so if to give a little small history lesson obviously like when when they're working the plantations or in the farms like even like the filipinos that are here um uh they call them the ilocanong ilocanong manongs so it was uh, like <laughs> like uh larry Ithalong and and he worked with cesar chavez so they worked on the to unionize uh the, the farm workers, the farm workers. Yep. so a bunch of those guys are are ilocano like ilocanos are they, they, they pride themselves. Like, I think a lot of Filipinos like, like to pride themselves. Like, for example, I'm an Ilocano first before I'm Filipino. Like, for example, like I'm like, um, like one of the homies that has it in his car. He says like, I'm 100% Michoacan, you know, yeah. like before I'm Mexican kind of thing. So Ilocano, that's. It's Ilocano is like another region. Like it's another, they, they, like they have a totally different dialect and, mm. and, and, and uh, okay. there, there's a reason. Like Filipinos like, are big, but like Ilocanos are like. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, so it's like they're considered like the, the, the Morenos, like the dark yeah. skin. And a lot, of the, a lot of the, the ones from Hawaii <clears throat> are, are, are Ilocanos. Ilocano. Yeah. So it's the same thing with, within like central California, within that, that region. The, the, they're the farm workers. That's that's something that they uh, pride themselves in, and and that was like the only labor that they knew, and and that was like the only work that they felt, you know, was that they can they be a part of. Yeah, that. be a yeah. part of. You know, so like for Filipinos in like Hawaii, like like it's amazing to me because they'll they they, they could cook uh, chicken long rice. And then they'll cook like dinigon and like sinigang and you know yeah. all the typical Filipino stuff. But like you know, there's obviously like regions in the Philippines where like this area right here they like it. They like things spicy. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's the same thing with like <clears throat> with the uh, in like Mexico and, and parts of Hawaii. Even. There's like different names for foods. Yeah. I'm yeah. still relearning a lot of dishes. Like for example, like menudo. There's Filipino menudo, which is like it's just uh, it's a stew of of cube pork shoulder or pork uh-huh. butt and and it's like a stew with uh tomato sauce potatoes carrots is it peas sometimes pea no not peas with that one which is the one with peas that's uh caldereta what is igado something is that from something uh, igado that's that's ilocano for sure See, so that's what i know See, i don't even know i don't even know, know that, that in particular yeah so it, it's 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 like the way it's prepared like for example like uh homies that I know um, some of my homies parents like they do make only green mole yeah yeah. and then the other ones like red mole or whatever dark yeah like, all yeah. different regions mm-hmm. so it's like 
dude, this is all wonderful. Like it's it's cool. Like we're part of this this time right now where it's like a melting pot of a lot of these things. But it's it's what's being lost is the translation of like the reason why well, yeah, why it was made. Sorry, exactly. But then people just want to just claim it as their own and. Columbus, that yeah, shit, and that's, uh, that's the part that I don't like. That's, obviously, yeah, that's that that that's where that's where I draw that's the where line. we draw the line. You try to Columbus, say you're gonna get Captain Cooked, exactly, <laughs> killed on the exactly. beach and and, and beheaded. Yeah. yeah. Nah. So 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 Mike, where can they? So let everyone know where, where they can find you, and um, what's the upcoming plans? So right now, um, you can find me on uh, Instagram and well, basically social all the social media as DJ Mike Rock. DJ M I K E R A W K. Um, so I I completely disas- disassembled. Wow, uh, I deactivated the the Poke Party uh, Instagram. Um, reason the reason for that was I just wanted to I didn't want to be just known for just like making Poke, just straight up. Uh, everybody's like just been hitting me up. Like I don't know if people just think of you as like oh. That fool only knows how to make masubis and shit. <laughs> yeah. But um, <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to venture off and try to make something else like happen, you know. And and I wanted to. Uh, so what I'm developing is is something more uh, community based, where I want to help find a way to to feed people, uh, people that are less fortunate, you know. And and uh, there's a lot of. Um, nonprofit organizations and place like that, like hashtag lunch bag and 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 obviously food shelters and and, and stuff like that or food banks. I'm sorry um, that do that kind of stuff or that distribute food. But I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of community things that will, like I would like to to be a part of and and create like um, even like to the simple thing of like having like a little small session of for like high school kids or or something like where they can learn how to cook mm, for nice. themselves. Yeah. You know, that's something I want to talk about with you guys. Obviously with same with the Grub Life boys about that's something good. with the community because you know, obviously like we're in a we're in a generation where everybody's dining out 24/7 all the mm-hmm. time, you know, but nobody's making home cooked meals anymore. And I think that's I think that's important, and I think that that needs to happen again because that's what's gonna tell the story of like your mom used to make this for me. Nice. Yeah, you know, mom. So keep it going. Works. That's in the works right now. Yeah, that's something. Right. TB. Yeah, that's a. that's something that I've been uh, just like writing up, and I think about on a regular basis. You know, just wanting to have community like that. Dope. Nice. Well, let's know nice. we'll, when that's up. We'll have yeah. you back. We'll talk about that. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah, definitely. So there's that, and obviously, I want to like this whole concept of um, kind of like having a kind of like a Sunday Sunday dinner type thing where you invite the homies and everybody cooks, everybody participates. That'd be dope. You know, where like you know Sunday like family meal. You mm-hmm. know, you know how that goes. Yeah, potluck. Yeah, so it's like potluck where everybody's cooking all in one kitchen or at least preparing something. You know, Sick. and nothing like no one's bringing like something from like. Popeyes. <laughs> I know it's bringing the tray of veggies from Albertsons. Yeah. No, you know. Bean dip. Yeah, something. Yeah, the seven layer bean seven dip. Layer dip. <laughs> That's fire, though. Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah. Um, what about a East Los Musubi poke party? Oh, that's still going to happen. Okay. That's going to happen. You heard it here. That's going to happen it's soon. Coming. I mean, poke party is still active. Might be going under a different name, just rebranding and, 
and starting something all Poking over. Poking by again. Miguel Rockington. Probably. That sounds good too. I'm right. with that. For sure. So, you know, before we go, we're going to try to start, uh, try something new with this podcast. And uh, Mike has a, has a mix that uh, we're going to put up on Mixcloud. So um, be on the lookout for that link. And uh, he's going to show you what he's all about. Check him out. Give him a follow. Uh, give us a follow. Us a follow. And if you guys haven't heard the Michael Jackson Mike Rock mix, you need to. I yeah. listen to it every every year on uh, August 25th. RP, <laughs> RP on Michael Jackson's birthday or his, the, the day he passed. That, yeah. that gets me pumped up in the morning. Gets me <laughs> Man, out of my office. That. Into the kitchen. For sure. Well, once again, this is Street Eats and Dope Beats. Check out that mix. Thank you, Mike Rock. Thank you. Thank you guys for this having me. I appreciate Cam. it. All love. Chef Adam. Mike Rock. Peace. 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 Peace.